0: hey everyone it's james the notorious banker and on today's podcast we're going to be talking about 2020 presidential election election day is just eight days away at the time of this recording and i'm going to be talking to you about how big banks claim to be uh giving employees time off and in the case of wells fargo paid time off uh to do their american duty and vote in the presidential elections i'm going to tell you exactly why at least on the branch level that is absolutely not true from my own personal experiences so it's a one-topic day, and we'll talk about that coming up on the Notorious Banker podcast. Hey everyone, it's James, and welcome to the Notorious Banker podcast. Two thousand eight hundred and eighty plus amazing followers at Bank Better Guy on Twitter dozens more at patreon.com slash notorious banker where for as little as a one dollar subscription you can help yours truly the notorious banker fight back against big banks once again everyone thanks so much for the praise and support i really do appreciate it and thank you so much for the downloads holy cow um the one way that i can gauge that I'm having a successful run of episodes is the amount of downloads. And there's been a couple where I've been very critical of Bank of America. I mean, aren't they all critical of Bank of America um, and Wells Fargo and the like? Um, But the Wells Fargo ones, too, in the last couple of weeks have gotten massive amounts of downloads because, you know, it's an interactive experience. Anytime you see a story like the 100 people fired for... um, basically applying for PPP loans for themselves, it's something that hits home, especially for people who couldn't get those loans who have had experiences in the past not being able to get loans with a bank like Wells Fargo. So I've been having a successful run of downloads with the last few podcasts, and I've been really excited about it. And this is how I know that I've been successful. It's all about what I eat. (laughs) And I know it sounds very weird, but I eat better whenever I have more downloads on my podcast. And it's as simple as I get paid by the click. I get paid by the play. Anytime you hit play on my podcast and you listen for a certain amount of time, uh, these advertisers that I have in between uh, my segments here, Um, They pay me, you know, a penny. They pay me a penny and a half per click. And the fact of the matter is I've been able to buy a lot of... Um, sunflower kernels that's a big thing for me protein powder um, protein packed oatmeal all these things that I wouldn't be able to buy uh, especially right after when I was unemployed with Bank of America in um, in 2018 and it's really cool because I can tell you that when I see my fridge full that tells me that I'm working hard when I see my fridge with just just a bunch of cheese and a couple of Gatorades in there then I'm like I got to get my shit together But um, because of your downloads, because of your listens, and because of your support, the Notorious Banker podcast is thriving um, more than ever before, really, because we have kind of a broad um, base of listeners, of followers. Um, Everyone goes through these same things with banks, and I try to make it real. uh, For the, I want to say 90% of people, there's 10% of the world out there that's in their whole other stratosphere investors you know people who flip homes people with a lot of money if you have more than half a million dollars in your bank account this is probably not the podcast for you because because you know half a million dollars is probably 30 years of living for me at the lowest level possible and you can make that work for you for five years if you know what you're doing. And if the bills are paid and you know maybe you don't go get a steak every Tuesday or something like that, you can save your money a little bit more. Um, but people who are below that threshold tend to have bills, tend to have debt, tend to have frustrating interactions with banks, frustrating interactions with customer service. And those are the people that um, listen to me. You know, people with a lot less money than 500000 listen to me. I'm going to say the working class people do. And I have demographics from Spotify. I have demographics from all these podcast places that tell me who listened to this podcast. And 55% of them are men and 50 some odd percent of them are under the age of 50. And to me, that is prime demographic, my friends. Those are the people that advertisers and sponsors listen to. So I'm just going to say this up front. If you are a potential advertiser or sponsor of The Notorious Banker and you want to do more than just pay in one dollar to patreon.com slash notorious banker contact me at james and notorious or the notorious banker at gmail.com um, or five seven five three two two four one two seven on the voicemail line. Leave me a voicemail. Let me know. I, I would love to do business with you. We have a far uh, far reach with this podcast. I have an insane amount of energy for Twitter. So I can do targeted and direct ads for a lot of amazing people. And I got to tell you, it, it does work. Um, I am a salesperson. You know, I can't have that taken away from me. Even though I hate saying that I worked at Bank of America. The fact of the matter is I'm a trained salesperson and I'm good at what I do. So if you have a product or you have a service that you're willing to offer the American public and you want to advertise on the Notorious Banker podcast, please hit me up okay guys now that I'm, I'm doing commercials in the middle of my commentaries here i just wanted to say thank you so much again for that um but like i said um so many downloads recently and it's been really really good and um this past four or five day stretch has been a really slow period for banks in the news you know a lot of the times there are these lulls and then all of a sudden something hits you like a truck Like how CEO of Wells Fargo, Sharf, made those controversial comments. And then it just becomes crazy for a week to 10 days. Um, We're in one of those lulls right now, but... um you know, it's not a bad thing because eight days from now is our presidential election, 2020 presidential election, and I'm excited. You know, in a nonpartisan way, I'm very excited to watch the news, to see the fireworks, to see the commentary, to see people celebrate and see the agony of defeat. It doesn't matter who wins or who loses. This is something that I've been paying attention to since I was nine years old in 1992, whenever it was pro-Clinton and George H.W. Bush. I, I love politics. I used to watch Inside Politics on CNN in the early 90s when I was a little kid, and my grandparents thought I was weird. My parents thought I was weird, but I, it was something that I just enjoyed. I just enjoyed understanding the way that this American system works, and it's a great system. When it's working You know, fabulously, it's one of the best things in history um but you know voting is an important part of life and i'll i'll be honest with you i voted last tuesday very empowering i saw some crazy lines in other states across the country and i knew and i just knew that we should get there early we should do our duty and vote and get it over with because we had made a decision who we wanted to vote for all the bigger offices and whatnot and it's empowering to do that um And we were able to do it on a Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Now, of course, um, Election Day being Tuesday, um, November 3rd, um, 7 to 7 are when the polls open and close, typically on Election Day. Um, I got to tell you, my experiences with voting and working at Bank of America were not pleasant ones. And I'll get to that in just a second. But today's podcast is going to focus on that a lot because I was really um rolling my eyes whenever I saw a news story I think it was on bizjournals.com and I'll reference it in the next segment here that um all the big banks are allowing their employees to do their American duty and vote um yeah it doesn't work that way when you work at a bank um so after this brief promotional consideration I'm going to get into what they said um according to 2020 guidelines here and what's going on in the world and what they're allowing their employees to do how it really happened whenever i was there and what i anticipate is really going to happen with their supposed change of heart for allowing um, their employees to vote in the presidential election so after this we'll be right back with um, that topic so please stick around all right my friends and we're back with more notorious banker So I'm going to start off with a hot take, and maybe it's not such a hot take, but um, I normally don't give opinions when it comes to anything not bank-related on this podcast. It's just my nature. It's just something I want to focus on. I'm good at talking banks, so why the hell do you want to listen to me um, talk about anything else other than banks? I'm the notorious banker. I'm not the notorious politician. I'm not the notorious electrician. I'm not the notorious TV game show host. I am a banker, and I talk bank things. But one topic is kind of important to me, and I really think, and you know, there's been a groundswell of this for probably since before I was born, and even longer than that, that election day should be a national holiday. And every other country of the world, or most normal countries of the world, I'll just say, election day is revered as an important day in their life. So they take the day off. It's a national holiday. You stand in line, you do your civic duty and vote. And at the, you know, at the rest of the day, you're reflecting, you're listening to the news, you're, you're interacting with those around you talking about, hey, what's our country going to be like the next four years, five years, six years, you know, some countries do six year presidential terms, um, just below us here in Mexico, they do six year terms, which, which is weird. Six years is a long time. Six years ago, I was 31. And I was still an idiot. And six years from now, I'll be 43. And I'll be a dad bod with dad jeans, dear God, help me. Um, But, you know, six years is a long time, but not to make fun of anyone else's um, civic duties, but I just think it's funny. But um, a national holiday, I think, for Election Day is important. I think it's something that should probably be wanted and desired by a majority of Americans. I mean, who the hell doesn't want another day off? And yeah, it's it's a Tuesday in November, and then you know, you got Veterans Day in there, and you got another federal holiday the week after. There's got to be some way of doing it, you know. Washington's birthday and Lincoln's birthday were separate holiday separate holidays, and then all of a sudden it became President's Day. So it's possible to do two. Why not? You know, I'm not saying get rid of one. Just add another one. What the hell does it matter? And and have Election Day as this national holiday, this federal holiday, where Everything's closed, the infrastructure's set up, and you, you're able to vote as of 12.01 a.m. until, you know, 7 p.m. I, you can't do it till 11.59. It'd just be weird. But to have it until 7 would be fine. You have many hours voting. You can set up these established polling places. And you can, ha- you can have it done right. And, yeah, it probably involves spending money. The government probably had to spend millions, maybe billions of dollars, um, doing the infrastructure right and having these places that are run... Um, perfectly and greatly because the thing is no matter what election day is always on a Tuesday in November and it's always something you got to scramble towards you know there's always something going on on a Tuesday you know and and I think a lot of people forget to vote and I, I don't know the numbers I'm sure someone has a poll forget to vote or they just can't vote because it's on a Tuesday you know I'm not saying move it to Saturday or move it to Friday because then then it's weird then all of a sudden you have this um, want and desire for a four-day you know week or a three-day weekend that a lot of people don't necessarily need to have. You shouldn't make it a whole freaking weekend out of it. Put it on Tuesday, make it a national holiday, and let everyone you know vote normally and yeah there might be long ass lions like there is in this presidential election but at the same time at the same time you at least you know solve one problem hey i don't have time to vote i work crazy hours what are we going to do and just make it a mandate it's it's not christmas day you know and christmas day of course is celebrated by christians um which is not exactly 100 percent of our population as well so you gotta you gotta make an exception here and say you know what election day needs to be a national holiday, period. End of story. And I'm all in favor of that. Will it happen before 2024? I doubt it. Maybe in my lifetime it'll happen. Maybe in my lifetime they'll figure out hey, we, in order to do this right, let's give um, let's give the American citizens a bunch of time. Let's give people time to do this and do it effectively and not feel rushed. Now the thing the the reason why I bring that up is because you know with you know two thousand twenty going the way that it has, and you know these unprecedented times that we've all gone through, of course, every banker likes to say, you know, dude in these extraordinary times, this has happened, and that has happened, it's been an unprecedented year. It's a bunch of bullshit okay it's it's a year that was we have seen struggles remember twenty sixteen was a horrible year, and that was a presidential election too because everyone died um you know all the celebrities died it's like oh 2016 took another one and now 2020 is that same thing too and it's stupid you know like whenever you say 2020 is a bad year um yeah it's been a bad year for a lot of people ironically enough the notorious banker podcast has his most successful year in 2020 because there's been so many bank fuck-ups to talk about over the course of this year and. I hate that I'm successful because of all the shittiness that has happened in the world, but I'm proud of myself that I stuck to my guns and I worked hard in order to establish my place um, as a consumer advocate, as a podcast host, as, you know, these things that I do that I love doing. So, yes, during these unprecedented times, so everyone says and claims you know, we've been going through a lot. And one of the things that everyone's talking about is voting, you know, voting by mail, absentee ballots, all these things have become controversial topics. And unfortunately, they've become political topics for a lot of people. And, you know, should it? I don't know. That's that's another podcast to discuss that. But here's the thing. You know, people should be able to vote the way they want, when they want. And yes, you know, we have private companies out there that want you to do certain things whenever you're employed by them, but you cannot have, you know, a public-facing statement saying, this is what we're doing for our employees, and then be totally ass-backwards the other way when it comes to that, okay? And I'm going to give you this example, and it's from Caroline Hudson, uh, Charlotte Business Journal, and I haven't heard rave reviews about the Charlotte Business Journal from a couple of people, a couple of reporters, to be honest with you, and... Um, I wanted to just um, talk about it. it. was September 17th, so it was a month month ago, uh, where it says how Bank of America, Truist, Wells Fargo, and other big banks are stepping up to boost voter turnout. And of course, um, anytime it's a Charlotte business journal, Bank of America gets top building. It's like the you know, fucking Tom Hanks on a movie poster. They have to be mentioned first. So I'm going to read the second paragraph here. I'll read both paragraphs. All right, here it goes. So it says, banks are some of the many employers offering flexible hours for employees to cast their votes this fall, pandemic or not. Of course, you've got to throw the pandemic in there. Why don't you just talk about um, their voting policies and don't talk about the pandemic when it comes to this? I know it sounds crazy. I don't want to sound like a wacko or something like that. But these things that I'm going to be talking about should be in all cases in 2024 if there's no virus or there's nothing going on this should still be um the way that it should be or at least it should be better according not uh, to these big banks so it says um bank of america corp says eligible employees can take up to three paid hours per year to vote in federal state and local elections according to an internal memo viewed by the charlotte business journal i've seen those memos before uh, not recently but i have seen them before Eligible employees include all U.S. full-time workers and part-time workers with at least 20 hours per week. The time can be used for primaries, early voting, and special elections, in addition to general elections, the memo stated. And then the memo says, and here's my bank voice, This policy reflects our broad-based commitment to our teammates and to engagement in the local communities where we work and live. Shut the fuck up. B of A said that the three hours can be used across multiple elections in the year. Well, thank you very much for that. The hours are now consistent across the bank no matter the location. Employees must get approval from their managers. So I'm going to get to that in a second, Okay. Uh, but it also says that Charlotte-based BFA signed on to a nonpartisan initiative called Time to Vote, which asks companies to allow voting time for their employees. It launched in 2018. Nearly 1,000 companies from varying industries have signed on so far. Other banking participants include J.P. Morgan Chase and PNC Financial Services Group, Inc. Truist Financial Corp., which for a lot of you who may not know that are in the western part of the country, Truist is uh, BB&T, uh, when they, whenever they merged with SunTrust and they became truest, which sounds like, it sounds like a rap lyric. Cause like, you know, the notorious banker is the truest mother out there. <laughs> I didn't want to say the F word there. I didn't want to be too vulgar. Um, also Charlotte is offering up to three hours as well. An allotment that applies to absentee ballots, early voting and general elections. All employees are eligible and must give approval from their manager. The Heritage, BB&T, and SunTrust companies offer similar options. And then then this weird throwaway line in between paragraphs here. And it says, North Carolina does not require employees to give leave time for voting. I'm going to get to that in a second. And it's not going to be a a commentary on North Carolina. It's going to be a commentary on banks. And then Wells Fargo says, San Francisco-based Wells Fargo and Co. confirmed it was providing paid time off for elections. It offers all employees at least two hours of paid time away, a spokesperson said. The bank has offered time off in past election cycles. It is considering adding more time this year because of expected longer lines due to pandemic precautions. And no word on you know one week out if they actually did that. It's considering, while the bank always fucking considers a million things, they never do them. That's just the way big banks are. And then a spokesperson for Wells Fargo said... wells fargo believes that the participation in the civic and political process is important and we are educating and empowering our employees to make plans to vote through a year-long campaign including reminding them of their voting options <laughs> i gotta i gotta talk about that that's hilarious that is probably the most straight up comment that i've heard about voting um in this story here and it says collectively b of a and wells fargo employ forty-three thousand five hundred people in charlotte wow truest total headcount is fifty-eight thousand, but does imply um, provide employment numbers for individual markets and you know it, and then it talks to a bunch of people from charlotte area about voting and stuff like that here's the thing there is a lot of um qualifiers in those statements and i, and I think it just really bugs me a lot and, and obviously, it was viewed through an internal memo, and they're not paraphrasing. They're basically writing what they saw, Charlotte Business Journal saw in there. And um, let me read Bank of America's again, and then I'll, I'll get to the other two, and then I'm going to get back to Bank of America to wrap it up. So it says, Bank of America Corp. says eligible employees can take up to three paid hours per year to vote in federal, state, and local elections. And then it says eligible employees it says eligible employees twice eligible employees can take up to eligible employees include all u.s full-time workers and part-time workers with at least 20 hours a week now eligibility requirements are not mentioned i don't know what an eligible employee is because it says it includes all u.s full-time workers and part-time workers with 20 hours a week and says time can be used for the primaries early voting and special elections in additional in addition to general elections so three hours across the board for four different kinds of you know ways of voting primaries early voting special elections and general elections here's the thing with that the eligible employees thing is the first kind of you know thing that i'm just wondering about how that can be enforced i mean is does the average employee know that they're eligible do you go to your manager and say hey am i eligible to get this time off and what are they going to say and then of course the b of a memo says the policy reflects our broad-based commitment to our teammates and it says three hours can be used across multiple elections in the year. So my thing is, and I know this to be the case, do they know that? Is there a way for them to tabulate how much time you use to go vote in your election here? And the answer to that is no. The timesheet is pretty cookie-cutter at Bank of America. When you enter in your time, you enter in your time. And they have a new system. I think it's Workday. I think they still use Workday. It sucks. It's a pain in the ass. And I, when they changed it from whatever it was before to workday, it's hard to kind of code those things in. So a lot of the times, people just won't do it because they just figure it's gonna suck in order to enter in their time in their timesheet. And and the one thing I want to get at when it comes to branch employees, because that's really you know more than half of what I care about whenever I talk about employees in this podcast. And it says the hours are consistent across the bank no matter the location. And it says employees must get approval from their managers. Well, you got to understand that the managerial hierarchy of Bank of America is not uniformed, okay? It's not, hey, everyone has the same direct boss. There are people within the bank branch at Bank of America now. You can have 10 employees and you can have four different direct managers that people in that branch report from. So when it says eligible employees include full-time workers and part-time workers 20 hours a week, I'm going to get to the part-time workers first because I was a part-time employee for the first, I'm going to say about two years of working at Bank of America and then for another six months after I moved because there wasn't a full-time spot for me. Um, You know, usually work stupid hours. I mean, there were times in a 20-hour week, and you figure with a 20-hour week that you just work like two full days and then one half day and then you get like three days off. No, you work fucking six days a week. You work six days a week when you're a twenty-hour employee at most Bank of America locations, and you get lunches if you can freaking believe that shit. Like there's there was times I swear to God where I would go in at one forty-five p.m. I was supposed to leave at four fifteen p.m. and I'd have a thirty-minute break because they needed to stretch every possible fucking second out of us to make sure that we got that twenty hours. And I know it's I know what you're thinking. i mean, you're thinking, wow, that's weird. That was everyone. That wasn't just me. That's not a oh, whoa, is James story. That's every employee. Now, I wasn't one to do schedules. I I wasn't an assistant manager. I turned that job down four times over the course of my career. Um, assistant branch manager, I guess I should say, because I was a relationship manager, a sales manager. But to be an assistant branch manager, you had to do the schedule. And, you know, whenever you have, you know, single moms or you have people who have kids or people who have responsibilities, like, um, well, I can't schedule, you know, Jessica from one to five because you know her daughter has a PTA meeting, or there's a PTA meeting at three thirty that she has to go to and she must attend. Or, um, well, you know, Joe's son is is sick and he has a doctor's appointment Monday at nine fifteen. And since we open at nine, I'm going to have to call James in, and he's going to have to come in at eight thirty to fill in for Joe. And then whenever Joe gets back, if he gets back at the time he says he's going to get back, then we'll send James to lunch, and then we'll kind of adjust the schedule from there. It's a fucking mess, okay? It's, it's a it's a total mess, and, and me just kind of freestyling that confused me even. So for people who are eligible employees that are part-time workers and 20 hours a week, you're going to get bullshit like that. And I've lived this at Bank of America, okay? So whenever you're a part-time employee... And you have things that you have to do that literally happen at the exact time you're supposed to work. And you're not talking to someone who loves to miss work. I didn't miss a day of work the last six and a half years I worked at Bank of America. I had flus. I had back spasms i had these horrible issues where i probably should have stayed in bed stayed at home but i decided to work because that's just the way that i was raised okay and yeah in today's unprecedented times with covid and everything they probably would have sent my ass home no questions asked now but i'm not one to take things off but there were times i had serious issues and i've told you the story about um when my twin nieces were born and one died two days after birth And um, my other niece actually has uh, a medical ailment right now. And, you know, she was going through some really tough times last week. And I was lucky to be doing the Notorious Banker project here and not working for a big bank because I was able to, to at least interact with my family and know that they're okay for her. So I can tell you, whenever it's something external and it has nothing to do with your bank of america duties and you're a part-time employee they will find any fucking way to deny you and tell you that because you're a part-time employee you need to manage your time better so let me give you an example i'll give you example 2008 version of james the barack obama john mccain election okay and this didn't happen because i I was able to vote um during some downtime when i was back home and Okay, so it was confusing. So here's the thing. Whenever I would work from 1.45 to 4.15, those were true hours. There was one point in time in 2008 where we, I had an emergency and I had to leave for some reason. And, I, and, and I'm and i usually good at remembering, but it had something to do with the house that I was living at. And I, I asked my manager, who was still new to me at the time because I just moved down here. Hey, I need to leave because something's going on. I need to go take care of at home. And when I explained it to her what was going on, The first thing I got was, uh, well, James, you know, you're a part time employee, so you should take care of these things from eight thirty to one o'clock, whenever you know, before you get into work, because you know, we can't have you just leave and come back. And and here here's the lowdown, okay? They knew I was single. They knew I don't have kids. So whenever you're a single man and you don't have any children, you literally have no excuse to be leaving there, and they will they will shit on anything that you do to get out of work and don't get me wrong i like i said i don't like to get out of work but this was something that was an emergency i remember and i had to do it and it was just basically uh well you know you should take care of those things on your own time so here's my thing and and just from that personal experience that happened a couple of times over the course of my career at bank of america especially when i was part-time if you're an eligible employee and you're a part-time employee okay and you have a 20-hour shift, and they give you stupid hours like that. It could be 1.45 to 4.15 one day, and then it could be 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. the next day or whatever. And let's just say you have kids, or let's just say you have more responsibilities other than Loser James um, had back in the day trust me when i say employees must get approval from the managers a teller's direct approval is the branch manager and you go you got to say hey well i want to go vote in the presidential election uh today and it's november 3rd trust me when i say that manager is going to go well You should have taken advantage of early voting. You know, the lines aren't going to be as long then, and you you really should be making better use of your time because now you're telling me you want to go vote and you're supposed to be here at work. Um, Can't you wait till afterwards? Oh, no, I got to pick up my kid. Well, you need to learn how to manage your time a little bit better because, you know, unfortunately, we're busy here. We're a busy financial center and we only have um, one one teller on the floor and we have one banker on the floor as well. And we really need you. So if you're leaving us, then you're gonna we're going to be missing out on sales. We're going to be missing out on referrals, referrals to sales. And we're going to be missing out on our customer satisfaction because all of a sudden we're going to get long lines and we're going to have one less person to help those customers. So going forward, you really need to Take a look in the mirror, and you need to take advantage of the time that you get as a part-time employee um, to be able to do these things on your own time. I fucking bet you a million dollars. I bet you that that conversation is going to happen ten thousand times on Tuesday. I I know it will. I know it will. I I am I am fervent on this. So I, w- I wanted to just take the time to announce uh, once again. I said it in the intro. If you um, run into that with a Bank of America or Wells Fargo manager, I only care about Chase, too. Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and Chase, if you run into a manager who does not allow you to vote um, when you want to and you had extenuating circumstances that you couldn't do it after you get out of work or before you get to work or whatever, let me know at notoriousbanker.com. Let me know at BankBetterGuy on Twitter. I will totally out their ass. And I want to say that's an un-American thing to do, okay? Because here's the thing people have things to do and yes the average person um who works for a living and they have a kid and maybe they don't have you know grandma to take care of the kid or daycare to take care of the kid or whatever and they have to they have to will and deal to just make life happen sometimes those people need a break and some and especially if it's paid time off or it's just time off that's allotted from bank of america for just allowing people to do something you know, whenever they have to do it, um, like one time my wife got in a car accident and we had to, well, I had to ask. I was like, "Hey, my my wife wrecked, and I gotta go take care of her. I gotta go pick her up and see what's going on. Is she okay or anything?" And I just remember that this happened the day before the. Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao fight, and uh, we went to a party with my employees the next day, my co-workers the next day, to watch the fight, because it was $100, and there was no way in hell that any one of us individually was going to pay for it, so we pulled our money together, and my manager at the time was cool, she said, yeah, no, absolutely, you know, go take care of her, hope everything's okay, and everything is fine, you, you, make, you make adjustments throughout the day when you're a manager, when you're a good one, and she was a good one, okay, because... I I didn't ask for that. Did I ask for, you know, my wife to wreck? No. Did I ask for all this stuff to happen? No. We It just happened and you just had to deal with it. That's just the fact of the matter. So whenever election day rolls around, and you want to give people time to do that, especially on Tuesdays, whenever Tuesdays are really a nothing day for Bank of America and Wells Fargo's. You know, it's not a big sales day, although it is the third of the month this year. And November 3rd, that's another thing I want to get to, November 3rd. Uh, The third of the month is typically the busiest day of the month when it comes to big banks inside the branch because a lot of people get disability, SSI. Uh, There's a lot of people who get paid normally on the third of the month. Uh, So there's a lot of people that go into the bank. It's typically like two, three times the volume of what a normal um, bank day is for for the bankers there. So it's something that it's going to be a crazy busy day. So it gives um, managers even less give a shit to let their employees out to go vote. And you got to understand that you're going to have managers that work at these branches that are probably going to be told by their managers to kind of dissuade their customers or, excuse me, their employees from going to vote during work hours. So if you go ask them right now, one week from now saying, hey, I want to vote in the presidential election uh, next Tuesday and I want to go from 11 to 2 because I have three paid hours per year. You know what they're going to fucking tell you? They're going to tell you. You should take advantage of early voting, and early voting is until Saturday. Oh, and by the way, you don't work on Saturday, so you should really take care of it on Saturday. Bank of America saying eligible employees can take up to three paid hours a year to vote is a lie. Because they will find any way to justify not giving you that time, and I trust me, they will not give you that time. And they're going to be telling you, especially if you're part-time, that you really need to manage your time better and do it at these other points in time. Um, you know basically telling you to neglect your other responsibilities to take care of this this special thing that you want to do trust me I've lived it before okay and and the one time I had this experience with voting and I didn't vote in the 2014 midterm elections Um, and I, I always vote in presidential elections that's that's a given but the midterm elections I mean you know it just depends on how I'm like you know, paying attention to everything and all that. But I wanted to in 2014, it was really important for me uh, to vote in that election and I wanted to, Um, but it's on a Tuesday, of course. And on Tuesdays at Bank of America, at least when I was there in 2014, we had what's called call night. And if you've ever gotten a solicitation from Bank of America somewhere between 5.30 and 7 p.m. (laughs) on a Tuesday night, then you'll understand what call night is. Basically, we're supposed to call people in our area and just basically say, hey, Mr. Johnson, this is James at Bank of America. Um, this isn't a sales call. I'm just checking up on you to see if everything's going well with your Bank of America accounts. And even though you say this is not a sales call, you know, they're going to be talking about, oh, well, I overdrafted last Thursday. And I didn't have any way of setting myself up to avoid that. And although you can't offer the sale directly on the phone, you can kind of allude to it. It's like you're almost alluding to a hookup with a, with a person without saying outright that you want to sleep with them or something. It's like, well, you know, overdrafts can be hard. And I understand that. So, you know, you should make an appointment um, with me tomorrow. And what we can do is we could talk about our options to find ways to avoid these overdrafts in the future. It's literally like you're trying to hook up with someone is is what it is. But anyway, I, that goes without saying, call night is one of those things that I hated. The last couple of years of call night, I, I brought a burner cell phone, and I would literally use my work phone to call my burner cell phone's number, let it ring, let it go to voicemail, and I'd leave a voicemail saying, Hey, good afternoon, Ms. Chavez. This is James at Bank of America. I'm just calling up to check up on you. This is not a sales call. I was just wanting to get in touch with you in regards to your Bank of America relationships. So give me a call back at five seven five blah blah blah. <laughs> and I would I would go home and I'd have like twenty six voicemails, and it's all twenty six voicemails of me, um, calling different people saying, Hey, it's nice to talk to you. You have a great day. It was so fake, but we were stuck there, and especially when sales were lower, sales were struggling within a branch, we'd have call night. So for people that aren't tellers, people who are salespeople, and I don't know if they're doing it now with the pandemic and stuff, I doubt it, but there were times where we were stuck there till 7 o'clock or later because we're making calls, and we'd have to report to our boss that we made those calls, and we'd have to send a list of people that we called. So in 2014, I ran into one of those things. Something happened to where I couldn't go too early vote, so basically... When I was there on that Tuesday, I went in at 8 o'clock in the morning. And, of course, to get there at 8 o'clock in the morning, you got to commute 20 minutes, so 7.40. And i got to get dressed and shower and stuff like that. So it's already 7 to 7 at that point in time. So I'm you know, I I'm ready getting ready for work at you know, 7 o'clock in the morning, get to work. And then I'm there until 7 p.m. I took a 15-minute break that day. Um, and it was literally a, a run to go get a McChicken and eat it on the way back. That's a little time that I had and um you know five o'clock rolls around and we close up for the day then we had to do call night from 5 30 to 7. so i'm stuck in my office having to make these stupid outbound calls in order to talk to so many people to talk to so many people to bring them into the bank to open up new accounts that there was no way i was going to get out in time and i asked my boss i was like i want to go vote i want to be able to vote is there any way that because we closed at four and as a salesperson, I had nothing to do transaction wise between four and five thirty. Because call night didn't start till five thirty. But they, you know, because we're short staffed, they had me do other things like wheel the carts that we had where we kept our money and our night deposits to the vault, lock up the vault and do all this bullshit before I did calls. And I said, I really want to go vote. Is it something that I can do really quick? I was like, James, you really should have thought about voting beforehand is what she told me. And, and the thing that frustrated me about that was, it's like, well, it's only going to take a little while. It's literally right across the street. And then, of course, you know, uh, congressional midterm elections typically have very low ver- voter turnout, so I probably would have been in-, in and out in 20 minutes, if even that. It's like, James, you need to manage your time responsibly. You need to be able to do these things on your own time. You're here to work. You're not here to vote. And that's exactly what my manager told me. And, I'm, you know, it's, it's one of those things where... Did it really matter if I voted in the midterm elections? No, it didn't. It's just something that I wanted to do. And then, of course, with the midterm elections and everything going on in the world, even at that time, I wanted to take advantage and take part of it. But you get a talking down to, and that's my direct manager telling me that I can't do it because I have to make calls to customers to be able to bring them into the bank to open accounts, for God's sakes. I mean, how ridiculous is that? It It was just so frustrating when it came to things like that because... Yeah, yes, you should vote early, and I did this time around. And maybe, you know, that's the lesson to be learned here is, you know, find a time or maybe there should be a way that people have eligible voting times for people with Social Security number ending in one or two or whatever. But the fact of the matter is this, okay, you know, whenever you leave it up to the manager's approval – There are a lot of dickface managers that work for Bank of America. Trust me on this. And there's a lot of people who are already short staffed. There's a lot of people who have issues. There's, you may get an audit on a Tuesday and you may be stuck there reviewing your audit over the phone. So all these things can impact your way of voting at Bank of America. So when they say eligible employees include all these part-time workers and it must get an approval from the managers, it doesn't say when. It doesn't say how soon in advance or how long in advance you had to get that approval. And it's subject to change if someone else calls in sick or whatever. And that that's where it's kind of a gray area. And it's, it's just really bugs me that they're so, you know, front-facing saying, oh, this is part of our community and this is our broad-based commitment to our teammates. No, it's not. No, it's not because I've seen people get denied to leave the, the bank for 10 minutes for less than that. It's your American duty to vote, for God's sakes. Now, I won't get to truest that much because I don't really uh, harp on truest a lot on this podcast, but it says that three hours um of voting time as well... And then managerial approval it must be there. And it says absentee balance, early voting, and general elections. Notice that when it came to the information about that intruists um memo that they have about it, they kind of harp on absentee ballots and early voting first, and then general elections is third. So it's almost in a weird subconscious way telling you that you should get your shit together before you even ask for those three hours off. Because if general elections is third on the ballot here, no pun intended, when it comes to this memo, and they're saying, hey, you get all this time to do absentee ballots, early voting, and general elections, um, they're basically telling you go vote early or go vote absentee, for God's sakes. And then Wells Fargo thing here, the Wells Fargo statement just made me laugh, and it says... Wells Fargo confirmed it's providing paid time off for elections, and it says at least two hours of time away, and then considering adding more time. That's hilarious, because, I mean, banks consider everything. But the quote that I was laughing at is just hilarious, where it says, just the statement on there is hilarious, where it says, Wells Fargo believes the participation and civic and political process is important and we're educating and empowering our employees to make plans to vote through a year-long campaign, including reminding them of their voting options. So the reminding them of their voting options is the most transparent thing I've ever seen in a statement because they're basically saying, whoever the spokesperson is, it doesn't give a name of the spokesperson, the spokesperson is basically saying, reminding them of their voting options, saying, "Um, your ass needs to vote absentee, your ass needs to vote early, Your ass should not be asking us on Tuesday, November 3rd to vote in the election. So the reminding them of their voting options is pretty much, like I can see it now. I can see uh, they do like a daily huddle like Bank of America does. And they run down the things that they want to do for the day. I guarantee you it's been harped upon. Hey, if you want to vote, you really should vote early. But if you choose to vote on November 3rd, please consult your manager. And basically, it's going to be an advertisement for early voting on every daily huddle. And if anyone with Wells who listens to this podcast has any insight on that, please email me or at BankBetterGuy on Twitter. But I just think it's hilarious where it says we're reminding them of their voting options. It's like um, there's more than one way to vote instead of taking two hours of our time here at Wells Fargo wasting our time while you stand in the line to vote for your an election that doesn't even involve you or concern you in any way, you peasant. <laughs> I just I just think it's hilarious. And Wells Fargo, true to form, always comes up with something that makes me laugh and just makes me want to flip them off all at the same time. And, you know, like I said, I started at the beginning of this saying that Election Day should be a national holiday, and, and it really should be. And I don't think it's a controversial take at that. I just think that it's something that's practical and makes sense. But you got to understand from Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and even truest point of view, that these are sales days. A Tuesday is not a busy day per se at Bank of America Wells Fargo, but they they value those days because they judge their staff, they judge their salespeople by how good or how bad their salespeople are on a Tuesday because when you make chicken salad out of chicken shit, that's when, it, that's when it's very much highlighted. Whenever it's a slow day and then you get 10 accounts and they'll be like, Man, it was the slowest day ever, but James worked hard. He got 10 accounts. So those are more guidelines to what kind of staff that they have. So they really take to heart, even though it's dead, even though they don't have that much staff, how much they, quote, value the staff at that point in time, and why they're going to just basically bitch you out for even asking for time off to vote. Now, the thing is with these crazy long lines, because of the virus, because of the Um, the craziness that surrounds the 2020 presidential election. I'm curious to see what's going on at big banks now because um, if you're seeing news stories about the long lines, I'm sure there are discussions being had in the upper levels of Bank of America Wells Fargo management saying, um, man, if we send these people out to vote, they might be three hours before they vote and uh, they may not come back. We might lose an associate for the day. So what do we do? How do we dissuade that? then that's voter suppression, my friend. I'm not outright saying that big banks are going to be practicing voter suppression. And I'm not saying it's because of one political side of the aisle or the other. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying at that point in time, whenever it's your American duty to vote, especially when you're Bank of America, for God's sakes, and you're going to have that conversation like I've had before in 2014, like I know is going to be had, especially with part-time employees, than today, and it's probably been had before, where it's going to be kind of um, a statement on you need to manage your time better rather than okay sure go and take your three hours right now and vote do your american duty and i really hope you have a fun experience and something that you'll be able to tell your kids down the road. Now, fuck that. You're you're impeding our sales day. You're impeding our teller transaction day. You may cause our customer service satisfaction scores to go down. And especially if we're under audit at that point in time and the auditor catches your coin vault open, well, you're going to get a write-up and you might lose your job because you decided to go vote on Tuesday afternoon when you could have done it for a whole month before. Those are the real conversations about voting, especially when you're working at a bank, all right? And and the fact of the matter is this. Whenever you see a memo that says eligible employees up to three paid hours a year, and then other memos that kind of mention absentee ballot or early voting, they basically don't want you to leave. And to be fair and frank, I don't think any other company would want you to either. I don't think Walmart would say, hey, go vote, you know, go take time off. Or if you work at Schnitzel, they'll say the same thing. No, it, it doesn't work that way. You know, private businesses, or at least businesses that aren't of government interest, are hard-headed. And they overvalue the employee's time. You know, there's times when people are sick. There's times when people aren't there. And you just make do with what you got, okay? You just literally find a way to kind of trudge through despite the fact that, hey, Joe is sick. Cause, or Joe's kid is sick. Or you know, someone had to take a medical leave because they got a burn on their hand. Something that actually did happen at my branch at one point in time, and we didn't have um, our coworker, my friend, for two months, and it sucked because she was an important part of the team. But you know what we did? We still worked. And you know, in a branch of ten people, maybe three people will run into this um, this situation where they need to go vote uh, that day. And the fact of the matter is, yes, if you ask on election day at 9 a.m., hey, I want to go vote, you don't necessarily have proof aside from a little I voted sticker that you actually did vote. So, of course, a manager is going to be skeptical in you saying, hey, well, are you really going to go vote or are you going to just go take a day off and go get coffee or something? And I can understand that just being a former manager myself. But here's the thing. This is why it needs to be a national holiday. This is why. Because all these little stressors, all these little workplace incidents that happen. And you know, in 2014, I didn't really see these things the way that I see them now as abuse of power and just all this stress and all this micromanagement that just stressed me out to the point of no return. But back then it still upset me. I'm like, God, like wh- like seriously, you see my record. You see my history of never wanting to leave work. So why are you breaking my balls to take off an hour to just go vote and just go do something that is being encouraged on on Bank of America's internal website and on other banks' internal websites? I mean, this is something that they want you to do, so they say, or it's something that they purportedly want you to do. In reality, you just want to be a working stiff. Now, you know, just to wrap it up here, um, of course, big banks have thrived under the current administration, under the current... um, system that we're in i mean there were tax cuts for big businesses and this isn't a political statement at that i mean i made money off of that bank of america walmart a lot of these big companies gave thousand dollar bonuses to their employees just because just because they got these big tax breaks and i benefited for that i bought a playstation 4 for god's sakes in 2017 but here's the thing with that okay so do i think that big banks necessarily want certain political candidates to win i know that to be the case i really do believe that big banks are angling for um, a re-election of our president because it's going to continue business as is Um, and i know if um, there is a blue wave going on here's the thing and this is my personal opinion i really feel the katie porters of this world i really feel the elizabeth warrens And everything that's going on in Congress, everything that's going on in the world, and including yours truly, The Notorious Banker, is going to find a way to break down this infrastructure of big banks and their bullshit, and we're going to hold them accountable. Now, I'm not saying I'm politically affiliated with one side or the other. I voted Republican, I voted Democrat in my life. I live in a blue state, but I have so many friends and family that live in small-town America with guns and America and all that stuff. So I I have red state influences too. Okay. And like I said, this podcast is by no means political and whatsoever. I just grew up in a very unique circumstance. But here's what I got to say. When it comes to big banks, I'm all for change. So just let's just put it and leave it at that. And I'm looking forward to if some of some of the results are what a lot of people think that they're going to be. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, banks being held accountable and things changing. So my fingers are crossed for, for that. And it doesn't matter who's in office as long as they're being held accountable. My name is James, a notorious banker. And I'm going to wrap up the podcast today because it's really important that you should listen to this. And it's really important that you should get out and vote early and vote um vote your conscience okay vote what's really in your brain if you believe that things are good vote that way if you believe things need to change vote that way but vote is the main co- component of this as a person who is non-partisan the only thing that i am totally anti against is big banks um i i encourage you to do your american and civic duty And you know what? If you work for a big bank and you listen to this podcast and you run into a situation where your manager does not allow you to vote the way that you want, when you want, despite the fact that there are these guidelines for how to vote when you work at a big bank there, well, jamesandnotoriousbanker.com, 575 322 at BankBetterGuy on Twitter, let me know, and I'll out that manager publicly. I don't give a shit. I will tag that manager. I will tag the media. I will let people know what is going on in your little neck of the woods to make um, this situation just so shitty for you that you can't do something that is your American duty to do, and which is vote? It's important to call these things out the way that they are because at the end of the day, Bank of America Wells Fargo and even Truist in that article are trying to show themselves to be ultra-American, amazing companies that value their employees' right to do their American civic duty. When they really don't want to, because you're impacting us whenever you leave to go do that. And that's just the reason why your bank sucks and why I'm here to fight back. James and NotoriousBanker.com at NotoriousBanker on TikTok at Bank on Twitter. I will have a new URL soon for my website, but for right now, it's notoriousbanker.com. Check that out i have a link tree in the show notes here that that sends you to my youtube channel that sends you to my patreon of course patreon.com slash notorious banker and all my other links as well i am all over the place online check me out find me um thank you so very much for listening to this podcast you know something i've been wanting to do and one week out from the election and i probably won't give a shit about the 2022 election because i'm just getting equally more and more jaded with every presidential election um I wanted to let you know that I'm thinking about this just like you are. And when it comes from the big banks' perspective, I want to tell them don't pull this bullshit. You let your people vote. Take an L on the sales day, take an L on the service. And then if someone asks you, a customer asks you, hey, where are all the tellers at? Say, you know what? They're doing their American duty to go vote. And if the customer says something, then you just let them know. It's like, you know, it's a unique circumstance, it's once every four years. Bank of America is committed to letting our employees speak their mind and vote their conscience. Wells Fargo is committed to speak their mind and vote their conscience and, and own that moment rather than cower, rather than worry about a one-star review on your surveys. Do the right thing, big banks. My name is James a Notorious Banker and I'll be back in a few days pre-election with another podcast breaking news as it happens as well. Um, So stick around for that very, very soon. Until then, you have a great day. Goodbye.